Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. Right now, on HashtagBasketball.com, you can find all the fantasy tools you need to win your league. They got trade analyzers, they got current rankings, they got projections for the season from Mark Roberts, and they have the best weekly schedule out there for anyone who's playing in head-to-head or weekly leagues. You must go check that out on HashtagBasketball.com. It is important that you use those tools in order to win your league, along with listening to this podcast, which is also on HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, it is a great day, but we have much to say, so let's just get on to it. We do have a lot to say, as we always, always do have a lot to say, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the record-breaking evening by Clay Thompson tonight in the United Center. One of the one of the few times I've ever heard the United Center rooting for a player on another team. Like that just never happens. And it's a, it's a real shame that the Bulls have gotten so bad that the crowd is actually actively rooting for a player on another team. I Am I supposed to say something to that? Because, I mean, are we surprised? Not only did we think they were going to stink this year, Mike, the, half their team's hurt. Well, I didn't. I mean, what do you expect? Oh, I, I fully expected it to be a route. But why are we? Why is anyone rooting for someone on the other team? That just rarely, rarely happens. That was something that happened to every other team in the league when Michael Jordan would come into town. But rarely would it ever happen in Chicago that you root for another player. And you know what? Even I was rooting for Klay Thompson to break the record because that just gives Steph Curry something to break later this season. Uh, that team is out of control. And uh, I think, you know, they're, they're, going for, they're going for records this year. I, I really do think not the – maybe not the uh, wins record, which doesn't count if you don't win a championship. So, you know, the Bulls still have that record. But I, I think Steph Curry is going for the MVP this year. Yeah, I mean, he just looks amazing, and we talk about this all the time. I think, you know, they have literally four of probably the top 20 or 25 players in the league, and now with DeMarcus Cousins, they might have five, um, depending on what Cousins looks like post-Achilles injury. Um, So, yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck, everybody. Uh, Hopefully that team gets broken up one of these days. I was actually just talking about this. It would be nice to see Clay as the, the number one option on a team. Like, it'd be oh, no interesting doubt. to see if he could lead a team. Here's the, here's, he could score. Here's the other reality, too. Like, Curry's 30 now. Durant's 30. Um, They don't have as long as some people think as, even if they stick together, I think, as on the top. You know, they maybe have two or three more seasons, and then the production will start to slip for some of those guys. And some other teams will probably catch up. So um, yeah. some people make it seem like they have like 10 more years left of like, they're going to be the greatest team ever. Like, I, I just really don't think that's going to happen. Even if they stick together, they probably have three more seasons at the top at most. Well, I think KD leaves and then you're looking at a team that's still incredibly good. And then, you know, Clay and Steph really could probably play until they're 36, 37. Like 
they're just everybody needs a guy who can shoot corner threes. Those guys can probably. Oh play no doubt, they're, those guys are going to play. But as they start to decline, other teams are going to catch up. Oh yeah, of course that that happens all the time. It's it, a lot of people think like that that Bulls dynasty that was eight years basically with a, I mean Michael Jordan obviously took two years off, uh, but that those two three peats over that eight year span, that is rare. Like that never happens. The Spurs being good for you know basically a decade and a half, that hardly ever happens. You see the you know the the spurts by Boston. The, the Lakers lately, I'm talking about modern NBA. I'm not talking about who gives a crap about the fifties. No one, no one cares. Those, no one cares about those titles, Boston, but the, the, even the LeBron years and the Miami heat, those, those things, those years come and go. And, and to be a better, a, a, like a top team for the better part of a decade, that is super rare. That just hardly ever happens. Well, and I mean, we can already t- say that they've had a, a great, long run i mean there's a lot longer run than most teams ever get already so yeah sacramento um, Kings. I, looking at you i just don't think that there's there's that much of it left and plus i the the narrative that they're bad for the nba is just such False. crap to me man they're so fun to watch they're so fun to watch yeah they're great and i i'm still enjoying the rest of the nba it's not like Oh well, it's all wrapped up. I'm not gonna watch. It's it's not wrapped up. Uh, the the Rockets almost beat them in a seven game series last year. Uh, the the Lakers are interesting enough to watch mo- most of their games. Watching them lose is incredibly satisfying. Uh, you got Utah. Utah's actually it like Utah's actually exciting. Like what, th- I don't know how anyone's not excited about the NBA this year. Uh, but that's enough about the NBA, oh, Tyler. We got to talk the, the about whole West. Though, you got, like, other than the Kings, name a team in the West that's not really that exciting. Like, even Phoenix, you got Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton to watch. Yeah, Portland's a little boring to me, but at least Dame can go off. I don't know. I mean, I think Portland will be right back in the the playoff mix. There, I think they're fun to watch. They shoot a lot of threes. I'm a fan. Sure. That's enough about the regular NBA. Let's talk about fantasy. And actually, let's start with Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was has been in a slump. And, and today we are doing a mailbag, but I'm gonna start as usual with uh, my own question instead of everybody else's questions. Just to piss off all the people who uh sent in. So shout out to all the people who sent in. Some of these people are on the Patreon. Uh some of them are subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes if you want to join. Uh, and subscribe and get exclusive content uh, this year. Shout out to all of you who are on the Patreon. And shout out to everybody else who sent in a question. That was very, very cool of you. This question is from Mike, uh, who uh, is a a host of Watching the Boxes. When you have Clay Thompson slumping like that, and then he has a breakout game, is is there anything you do with that situation, Tyler, or do you just let it ride? Oh, well, I mean, if you were even thinking about sitting Clay Thompson, that was foolish on you. And I mean, I think we know what Clay Thompson is at this point, especially on that Warriors team. We've seen him together for, you know, three years now with Kevin Durant, right? Clay Thompson's gonna have these games where he bubbles up for 40 or 50 points. And then he's going to have some games where he's only scoring, you know, 13, 15. He's going to shoot good percentages. He's not going to help you a ton in, in most of the other categories, but 
He's going to give you a crazy amount of threes. He's going to score over 20 points a game on good percentages. So I think yeah, that's very valuable in, in the league. You know what I mean? It can be more valuable. I think in Roto Leagues, it's, I mean, he's a top 30 player, probably top 35 player. Yeah, he's definitely more uh, more valuable in Roto Leagues, but he's he's valuable, I think, in both leagues. But when you, when you have a guy who has a slow start, people trying to take him from him, probably trying to buy low on Clay Thompson, and then he suddenly breaks out, are you, do you try to sell high immediately? Or are you in a situation for that caliber of a player? So let me, let me let's say it's not Clay Thompson, but uh, and that's- would you just take any opportunity to sell high, even though like Clay Thompson is probably going to have just a pretty Solid season. Well, and that, that that's what brings up the good point here is I think if you have Clay Thompson, you probably built your team around him a little bit, right? You probably either bought Clay Thompson because you needed his big boost in threes and scoring. So, I mean, who are you really going to trade him for? High that's going to give you the same production he's giving, you know, maybe Devin Booker because he's hurt right now. O- okay, you could make that move. Um, such that you wanted to, but yeah. in general, right. If, if someone like a clay Thompson, right. Who's probably a third or fourth round pick has yeah. a huge game and I, and I can sell him for a, a second round pick. I mean, I do that, but is anybody really making that trade? Like, I think we know who clay Thompson is and who the other player is in that trade. Cause we know pretty much all those second rounders should yeah, be there uh, i just don't really see anybody yeah. making that deal unless this is kind of a, a novice league and if so man playing the tougher league yeah i agree um uh, novice leagues you can get away with this kind of stuff but uh i would say you make a good point that you probably took him in the third round because you needed the threes you get rid of him you don't have any threes so if you made a build and you got Clay Thompson, and you're like, okay, he's going to be my three guy. And then you didn't get any more three guys, and your team is terrible at threes. Like, moving him to punt threes might make sense. But other than that, I, I think you're right. I don't think you're going to fool anybody with Clay Thompson's, you know, 60-point night. Like, it's just everybody – he's done it before. He'll probably do it again. There, there's nothing new here. But let's let's get to the listener mailbag. Shout-out to all these listeners. And we're going to go right away – to kind of a, a dual question, uh, to great minds think alike. So uh, shout out to Channy and David, uh, both asking, what is the outlook for Jimmy Butler going to Houston? So should we start with if he actually goes to Houston or do you want let's say to he's give going, Let's say he's going to Houston. So let's okay. say he's uh, it comes across, they finally sent him to Houston, uh, and let's look at the Houston roster first. Okay, I'm ready. What do you got? What do you got to say about Houston? I'm waiting wait, wait for you to give me your expertise. I was, I, I don't got any good stuff. I'm gonna have to frantically look who's even on the Houston roster, Tyler. Okay, you know, cool. You know how but I roll. Here's, okay. what, here's what I'll say. He'll replace James Ennis in the starting lineup. Yeah. Okay. Whoop de doo. No cares. So most people think that like him going to Houston is going to be a massive hit to his value. I don't necessarily think that. Now, obviously, his mm. scoring might dip a little bit. But yeah. here's the thing: Massive you know, is not the right. The Warriors word. have three. The, the The Warriors have three twenty point scorers on their team, and Chris Paul is not going to score twenty. So, to me, like I think this: if he gets traded to Houston, that's a great buying opportunity on Jimmy Butler, if you ask me, because he's going to be motivated to play hard. He always plays hard, right? He's Jimmy Butler, and I think. 
I think Butler could still put up pretty close to 20 points. He's going to do pretty much all the same stuff. Now the assists might drop a little bit because they've got Harden and Paul handling the ball. But what does that team want to do? They want to pass it around and shoot threes and then let, you know, the playmate, their two playmakers, which will now be three playmakers kind of do their thing. Um, They're going to play at a faster pace than Minnesota. Probably. I, I mean, I said this to a couple people the other week when they were worried about it. I'm like, honestly, I think it's more of a buying opportunity than a selling opportunity. I think Jimmy Butler is going to be just fine. Most people this year picked him at a little bit of a discount, right? We talk about him the last couple of years kind of being that 12th, 13th, 14th ranked player. Most yeah, people didn't have to pick him this year. Most people didn't have to pick him this year until around 20. Well, that's where I would say his value probably is if he gets traded to Houston. Like he might see a small dip in assists. He might see a small dip in, in rebounds, but he's going to be relatively just as good. So you got that little bit of a discount when you drafted him. So I'd hold or I would trade for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I, I actually don't think he's even going to dip that far. Yeah, his usage will be a little down, right? And he's he's only playing 34 minutes a game right now. Houston needs some wins. He's going to – and 34 is low on a Tibbs team. That's why I'm saying only 34. He's probably – his. That's why I laughed. Yeah, I mean, I figured you knew where I was at. Um, his field goal's at 50%. That probably dips because he's going to take more threes in that system, but that means his threes are going to go up. His assists are only at three per game. His steals are at three. That's obviously a little too high. Uh, but his assists are only at three. That probably stays the same. I don't think this hurts Harden. I don't think this hurts Chris Paul. And I don't think it really hurts Jimmy Butler that much at all. Uh, the, these guys are easy. Like, what? They're all three in the top. 15 players in the league so they're going to make each other better there's going to be less defenders on jimmy butler so someone's got the best defenders guarding jimmy butler right now well the second best defender or maybe even the third best defender is going to be on jimmy butler now so either chris paul or harden or jimmy butler are going to get off based on the matchups and they're going to find each other i actually think it's a buy for all three of those guys yeah, and here's the other thing I'll say. I don't see why Minnesota would trade him to Houston. Well, I don't see why Tom Thibodeau would trade him to Houston. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, to me, if you're Minnesota, okay, you already have your building block in Carl Anthony Towns, and you've already decided that Andrew Wiggins is one because you paid him like one. So why would you want to wait till 2025 when that last pick is going to be to get the, the return on your trade? Like, if – I'm them. I want a young player that I can build up now and maybe a first round pick in 2019. I don't see any reason why Minnesota would make this trade. It doesn't really fit their build, assuming that they're not going to waste all of the time they have with Carl Anthony Towns. So, and plus like Houston's picks are going to all be in the twenties, like trading for good picks, trading a top 15 player for four picks in the twenties just seems foolish in general. I, I said this Last week, uh, to to anyone who would ask me, I just don't see Houston making that deal. So I think we're maybe all worrying about this for nothing. I agree. Uh, what's though the 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 looming trade of Jimmy Butler is probably going to hang over Minnesota for the rest of the year, and I think they get it, it done by the trade deadline because they'll find somebody yeah. in contention who's got a young piece or two, and they'll offer a pick or two, and the move will made. The move will get done. Yeah, there was, there's no reason to get hasty at this point. 
But that means Jimmy Butler will be leaving Minnesota. Let's talk about the that Minnesota team. Uh, obviously, it's going to depend on who comes back for Jimmy Butler. Uh, that person will probably be decent enough to either start or play. But I would expect not a whole lot to change here. Uh, Carlin and Towns probably plays more and probably gets more touches. So that's super positive. And Jeff Teague's value always goes up when Jimmy Butler is not in the picture. So like those two guys values will, will probably start gaining, but the rest of this team, you know, they're going to play Derek Rose 28 minutes. By the way, Derek Rose looks pretty decent out there. A, a decent streamer um, respect to Derek Rose uh, easily the best player ever who's torn all of his CLs, like ACLs and MCLs all have been torn. And he's still, after all that, easily the best player after touring every single piece of his legs by, by a lot. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep there when you were talking about there, bro. How dare you? I, how dare you? That is insulting, but uh, Andrew Riggins is still going to be a joke and terrible. And I would expect Taj Gibson still to play a, a decent role in this team. So, like, I just don't see a – if they're getting back a young piece who will play and and some draft picks, like, I don't see this team changing a whole lot other than Jeff Teague having the ball more and Carl Anthony Towns finally taking more than 13 shots a game. Yeah, I'm with you there. And obviously if they trade for a forward type, then maybe Taj's role goes down a little bit. I mean, it all depends on who they get back. Sure. Um, we could also see Wiggins bubble back up to around 20 points a game. I mean, that's some value, right? He's going to be like a top 75 player. He's going to be like a Harrison Barnes type for the last couple of years with that 20 points a game. All right. The next question from the mailbag is from Johnny. Good, solid, solid uh, Christian name, Johnny. Who are some of the young guys that start out slow, maybe in small roles that you think on the verge of breaking out? It's pretty like someone like Shea Gildas Alexander. That's a pretty good question. Uh, John, Johnny's been listening to the podcast. Props to Johnny. I'm, I'm a fan of Johnny. Um, so yeah, Shea Gildas Alexander. Now let's talk about him for just one second, yeah, can we? Of course. Um, is he 12 team standard league valuable already? He's Ooh. not playing a ton of minutes. I like. But you, you you used you used the correct word. Is he? rosterable the answer is question i think kind of question mark but is he 12 team valuable and the answer is yes i think so because he's still he's only playing 26 minutes a game he's still pretty raw he's not scoring a ton but his rebounds assists and steals in 26 minutes are at least interesting enough for me to pay attention and I think he's going to be a relatively good shot blocker for a guard type. Which, I mean, that that alone gives you a lot of value. Um, we knew he wasn't going to be a great scorer. I think the minutes only go up, and I think the value only gets better. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see him in a couple years be like a one-and-a-half steals and half a block type guy um, playing in the starter's role. Um, I'm a big fan of Shea Gillis Alexander. Yeah, there, there's another guy on this team who I'd consider a, either like a small role or a slow start type of breakout candidate, and that's Montrez Harrell. We've talked about him already, but he is getting 2.2 blocks in 20 minutes per game. 
Uh, Montrose Harold probably, yeah, Montrose Harold should be owned in all leagues. Don't know what you guys are doing out there. Yeah, and I, I mean, the minutes are a worry, especially when they decide to go to the Boban thing. Like, sometimes Harold can get, like, 15 minutes because they do 20 minutes of Boban, and they do, still do the, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of Gortat. Um, but I, I do think Harold is, is worth owning in pretty much any standard league. Just you got to realize with him, there's going to be some nights where you go, oh man. And if you're in a roto league and you care, or you just care about your free throw percentage, he could be a relatively bad free throw guy in free throw attempts this year. Now he's actually hitting him early on, but he's a career 62% shooter. So that's probably not going to last. No, probably not. Uh, another guy, uh, especially with the injury to Kevin Love, which uh, looks like his—I don't know if he's going to be reevaluated. We should probably talk about this Kevin Love injury. Um, I don't know if he's going to be reevaluated in December, but it sounds like it's a little bit more serious than they're letting on. Well, so you know, I, I'm sure most people saw the Woj report where he could sit out a while. I didn't know. I mean, a while me could mean anything, right? I mean, basically, from everything I've heard, he had it during preseason. And he missed basically all the preseason games with it. And then he came back and he played. And then he's out with it again. And the words that I've been hearing is they think the only thing that's going to basically get rid of it is for him to rest for an extended period of time. Now, to me, that that means... Like, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. So, uh, to me, that means probably two to four weeks at least. So I would not expect him to play much, if at all, in November at this point. Um, and why, why do the Cavs really want to play him? They're 0-6. They're not good. I hope they go 0-82. That'd be great. Couldn't have um, him to a better. Gonna, couldn't have to a better town, Cleveland. Couldn't not going to do that. At the same time, um, that's true. They do play the Bulls at least I think three times, if if not four. Four. Yeah. So. so yeah, I, if you got Kevin Love, um, I'd be concerned, to say the least. I'd be concerned. Yeah, I would too. Uh, I don't know if it's, this is the time to trade him. Uh, his value is probably at as, as low as possible, so you probably won't get anything for him. But if you think this is plantar fasciitis, and, and that's something that lingers all throughout the season, Joakim Noah uh, had that one year, and it, it, you know it really, it really was a rough bull season for me that year. Um, and I, I so guess, who was the guy? You never said. You said it was the guy no, in the Cavs that you were, were going to talk about. But let me then talk, you got you got. Let me finish. Let me talk about Joakim Noah for a little bit. Oh yeah, your Bulls talk is reaching a whole new level on this podcast. Well, I just saw. I just watched the game where they got blown out by fifty-five points. So uh, you know, I, I need to. I need to shout out. Uh, get get my Bulls. The heyday, the good old times. Yeah, the good old times with Joakim Noah got fourth in MVP voting. Um, So the guy on the Cavs, uh, who I would be targeting as Larry Nance Jr., smaller role is about to become a much bigger role, and he's good across the board. Um, His free throw percentage is not that great, but he is a a solid guy for steals and blocks. um, So he's he's a man that it's worth – it's worth looking at because you'd always hear that the Lakers loved him and that he they thought that he deserved more minutes, but then he'd never get them. 
mean, he's basically played at most, he played 22.9 minutes for a season. He's playing 22 this season. And to me, this is his last shot. He's 26 years old. If this is a year he can't get somewhere near 30 minutes a game, it's never going to happen for Larry Nance. He's always going to be a guy playing like 25 minutes a game. Is he like a rich um, man's Kenneth Fareed? He might be. and But he actually does some other stuff, which Kenneth Fareed never really did. That's true. Uh, here's what I'll say that's real sexy about Nance, right? He is usually pretty good. He's a great steals big man, right? He's averaged 1.3 the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the blocks could be a little bit better. He's not going to score a lot, but – I think the assists are going to be up there using him to play make a little bit. And he's a pretty good rebounder. If this guy could get 30 minutes, man, he would be a top 50 player probably. I just don't know that it's ever going to happen. So I'm worried about that. Now they fired their coach. about to happen. Well, they fired their coach. And the whole reason was they want the young players to play more minutes. So Lou kept playing the old guys, the Kyle Corvers, the J.R. Smith. And so – Nance is definitely a watch the space guy. I think he's probably even worth owning in a standard league, even in 23 or 24 minutes, but you really going to need 30 minutes to get that, that real good value out of him. Um, Other guys that are worth watching would be any young guy on that team. Colin Sexton. I don't really think he's going to be great for fantasy, but if they're giving him 35 minutes a game, he might be worth picking up. I don't Um, know. You you can't look, you can't look at him as a point guard. You got to look at him as a scorer who's going to probably shoot a bad field goal percentage. He'll hit some threes. He'll rebound a, a small amount. He'll get like two rebounds a game probably, and he might get you four assists. So you yeah. got to know what you're, what you're buying with him. Um, players I like for this, if you're ready, unless you got someone else you want to say. Um, for on the Cavs? No, 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 no. For this this category oh, of question here. This category. Um, yeah, uh, Zach Collins. Is another one I was going to throw out there. Okay, yeah, Zach Collins doing a lot of good steals and blocking early in the year. Not sure that's going to hold up, but who do you got? Um, definitely making him very interesting. Um, so I will mention a couple guys here that I think are already playing the role or going to play the role when they get healthy, and then I'll mention a couple of guys who I could see being really good if they get the role. Okay, so. Um, Kyle Anderson, I still think he's going to be better in Memphis. Uh, I think that that foot injury and the not playing a lot in the preseason is giving him a real slow start to the year, but he's going to turn it around. So there's a guy you could probably buy low on. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Kings. It looks like Jaeger's finally going to play the young guys, the minutes they should have been playing the last couple of years. And when he gets back healthy, right, he's not playing at all right now. I think he's going to be a standard league viable option. Um, Elia Kobo. The point guard for the Suns, Isaiah Cannon, got hurt in the last game. So Kobo might get the minutes sooner than we think. Uh, he played 31 minutes in the last game, looked good. Um, if they're really committed to not letting Devin Booker be the point guard, he could be someone to watch. Um, a couple guys who are interesting to me on the Raptors, they have kind of three young guys who could all be somewhat good for fantasy if they played a little bit more in Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Fred Van Fleet. Um, obviously the Van Vliet thing would take probably a Kyle Lowry injury to make it happen. But those are kind of three guys that I'd, I'd watch this space on. 
Um, All right. And I got obviously Mitchell Robinson, right? He's kind of getting dropped in a lot of leagues because he hasn't been playing. But if he does play at some point, he still could be real valuable. Yeah, I don't know about that. That feels like a Colin Sexton kind of thing. It feels like they're too young, too inexperienced. They're going to have a lot of ups and downs and like the overall benefit. It's probably better for Mitchell Robinson just because he, he might just block, try to block everything in the world. But uh, I mean, that, that, those are still, those are a little more fringe slow starts, but you're right. Like those guys in the later half of the season might be playing a lot more minutes or even well, maybe even sooner for, for some of these guys. Yeah. in the, uh, the annual guy I'll mention is Mo Harkless. I still think if oh Mo Harkless can get healthy. Still um, on Mo Harkless. I, I, I've, I've got, I've left Mo Harkless Island. I'm telling you, man, it's just because he keeps getting hurt. If he just get healthy, he'd be fine. Yeah, I think he's just gotten hurt too many times where, like, all of the skills that he should have been honing for the last four years have just disappeared, you know? That guy was going to be better than Paul Millsap, and he just he just can't keep his body together. Uh, another fun guy, Miles Bridges, maybe, for the Hornets. Okay. He's yeah. throwing down some good – Good looking dunks, looking like he might be able to get to the rack uh, with some ease. So he's he's kind of a fun looking player. I, I, he looks, you know, just like an NBA player, and he's going to play a lot uh, eventually this season. Those are all pretty good. Those are all pretty good um, guys to be uh, kind of who are in smaller roles that might might be breaking out this season. Uh, great question, well, Johnny. They're flyers too, right? So you yeah. guys like don't take it like don't get at me next week and go, like, oh, this guy's sucking. Well. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Like they're they're only playing twenty minutes right now. Like you got to give it time. You got to give it space. You got to wait for an injury or some some more minutes to open up somehow. Maybe they just pass somebody on the depth chart. Uh, that's not a that's not an immediate reaction type thing. You so you got to understand the question too, people. You can't like keep like five of those guys on your team. Like to go for the one or two guys, maybe probably just one, uh, and stream them on and off, you know, the two or three guys that you you like, but maybe keep one on your roster just in case the one you like the most, in case they blow up suddenly, and then you have them on your roster. You don't have to worry about getting them off the waiver wire, um, and, and, and you keep moving. You know, Montrose Harrell and, and Zach Collins are both guys who I feel Montrose Harrell is probably the guy you got you have to have stashed on, your, on, on the end of your bench, even if he is going to just play 20 minutes a game. But that was a great question, Johnny. Res, uh, respect to that question. The next question is, from Mark, and this is kind of a, this is a good question. Uh, he uh, is listening to us on uh, Spotify, and uh, first off, I, I I didn't know we were on Spotify. Probably should have known that. Someone should have told me. But um, kind of cool that we're on Spotify, Tyler. Don't you think you can listen to us on Spotify? I, I think that is amazing. It's kind of cool. But he, uh, Mark is asking, what do you do? Like, what is the best move to do when players on your IR become healthy? For instance, uh, Larry Market and John Collins. What should I do with these types of players once they've healed up? Oh, so this is good. And it's a good question. This sometimes depends on the type of league and the type of player, right? So, with young guys like the two men he mentioned here. Their value may never be higher than the moment they're just about to come back and play. Right? We talked about John Collins getting overdrafted a lot this season. 
So if you're one of the people who overdrafted John Collins, maybe the best move would be when you hear he's coming back to trade him away for a player you should have picked over John Collins to begin with. Um, but then there are other guys, right, who are going to get healthy off the waiver wire who are on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're undervalued, and so you just got to wait, and then when they come back, you got to own them and enjoy the ride. Um, so he, he mentions, do you rearrange your team? I, I don't think you rearrange your team in the sense that maybe the only way I would do that is if the guy coming back really didn't fit my build, right? Like um, Laurie Markkinen, I drafted after his injury and nobody wanted him, so he fell to pick 120. And then – a great pick. You know what I mean? So then he doesn't – but he doesn't really fit my build. So then I might trade him for somebody who does fit my build as opposed to trying to squeeze him onto my team. Yeah, it's – other than the the part where you mentioned like when guys are about to come back, that is as high as their value is probably going to get, especially if they're younger and unproven because it could be a crapshoot. Like market I think is going to be fine. John Collins is still a question mark. I think he's going to be pretty good. But uh, is he going to be better than Jared Allen? Uh, I I'm I don't think so. Not this season. Uh, so you know if you can move him for Jared Allen, that'd be kind of fun for someone who thought John Collins was better than Jared Allen. Uh, even though that person drafted Jared Allen, so he probably he probably didn't think that he probably had the chance to draft Jared Allen or uh, John Collins in the first place and went with Jared Allen. But um, I just don't I don't you hold on to these guys these IR guys for this long, I'm just not sure you do a whole lot with it because for the young guys, the unproven guys, their value is as high as it's going to be right before they get off the IR. But for a lot of like, you know, if you got your Kyrie Irving or your, uh, your higher up there type of players, let's say um, Kawhi Leonard was injured or whatever. I guess he was sort of injured last year those guys' values are going to be actually lower as they're coming off of injury because people just don't know. So those top 30, top 40 guys, they're coming off an injury reduces their value, and you never want to sell low by for any particular reason whatsoever. So uh, if, you could, if you could sell high and aim for a top player, yeah, why not if that's going to work? But that's usually going to happen with young, high upside guys. Uh, I wouldn't really rage at my team. I, you know, you always should have somebody you can drop off the bench. But like, I don't, I don't think you do anything drastic when a guy's coming off the IR. That's just personally, that's what I'm usually doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And the, the one time I'll say that maybe, um, you trade a, a a guy who's proven already off an injury is a thing like Chris Dunn has, where okay, he basically has some. He has a strained MCL. Well, a strain is a tear, people. So he has a torn MCL. He's going to rest it, but maybe the resting it doesn't really fix it. So he tries to play and he completely tears that MCL. Um, that's always a possibility. So maybe in that case, if you're worried about injury and you can get a, a relatively fair value offer for Chris Dunn, maybe you make that trade. Just try to get rid of that residual second injury risk off your team. I mean, maybe the one time I'd probably be trying to look to do that. Yeah. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Uh, thank you, Mark, for that question. This question's a little specific. This is from uh, a listener, Chris out there. Shout out to Chris. 
his league is um, a triple double and a double double league. What the hell are you doing? Stop! He, stop he, having he, double double and triple double as categories. Get right that he knew you were not a fan of it, Mike. I, you're gonna hear about how I'm not a fan of it, Chris. All right, uh, it's dumb, but he's punting turnovers. Uh, okay, yeah, everybody should punt turnovers. That's a good strategy. Don't punch uh, cheese, man. Don't punch cheese. So, in this particular case, he's got JJ Bray and Marquise Morris on the bench, but some for some reason Josh Richardson. Jonathan Isaac and Nick Batum are out there on the waiver wires. Uh, flip that, flip that description. If you, Chris, you'll go out there right now and flip Brea and Markeith Morris for literally Josh Richardson and Nick Batum. Just go yeah, flip. I'd, I'd rather maybe even have Jonathan Isaac than than Montrez Harrell too, right? Like, I'd be fine taking all three of those players off the waiver wire and adding them to my team. Yeah, maybe in the double double league, I'll, I'll hang on to Harrell, but. Uh, Isaac's still a big question mark for me. He's going to be a great fantasy player, but if he pans out. And so far, it's still a big question mark. But this is the very specific question from Chris. Um, he's got someone who's willing to trade either Rubio or Bledsoe. And when you're looking at a, a mid – so I would say Bledsoe's a, a high, higher-tier point guard. Rubio, it's really slow start, lower-tier point guard. Uh, what do you what do you consider when you try to make a deal for uh, a, let's in this particular case a point guard? Well, in this particular league, Rubio, and obviously we haven't seen it so much with the Jazz, but Rubio might have a little more value because Rubio has been a good double double guy. Like Rubio, more so than Blitzow, even can get you ten dimes in a game and he can score ten points. Yeah, he hasn't really done that a lot in Utah, but. It's in his repertoire. Like that is his skill set. He can get you a double double. And with this really slow start by Rubio, you should be able to, you know, look at someone. You got uh, well, Alfred Payton's on the team. He's actually had a couple triple doubles already. So that's uh, you might want to keep him on that team. But uh, I, I, I'm looking to if I'm trading. So it depends on how much this guy likes Ricky Rubio or Bledsoe. But if I'm trading a guard, often you want to get the that person wants to get those stats at least back in some particular fashion. So moving a guard for a guard is, unless they have a ton of guards, that's what usually happens. Yeah. And here's the other thing for this guy's team. Okay. Adding Bledsoe, right? Like that, that's maybe a more viable option. Just looking at his team. I mean, his team is Jokic, Capella and Jared Allen in the front court. Great. He's got Jason Tatum, Torian Prince, Clay Thompson and Robert Covington. Great. argue all those guys are more valuable than Ricky Rubio. Do you get a double-double if you make 14 threes and 50 or 60 some points? Is that a double-double? I don't think it is, but it should be. Man, I don't know about that. Um, and then he's got Luka Doncic, Alfred Payton, and Victor Oladipo. Now, That's a pretty good team. I'm not sure why you need to trade for Ricky Rubio or Eric Blitz. Well, his assists are weak. I mean, Doncic is only averaging like three and a half assists a game. Alfred Payton has been okay. Victor Oladipo's okay, but none of those guys are really giving you point guard assist numbers, and you don't really make it up anywhere else either. Sure. So he wants the assists here. I I understand that. So what I would be looking to do is trade maybe a maybe a two for one. We've seen the waiver wires look seems to be pretty rich in this guy's league. So maybe you trade like a, a Jason Tatum and a Torian Prince for a top tier point guard, maybe even a little higher than Eric Bledsoe. 
Yeah, maybe look at Chris Paul. Yeah. And, and so that made more maybe the more move I'm trying to make. Now, if I could trade Tatum for Eric Bledsoe, I'd do that move. Yeah, I think if you could bring Josh Richardson on uh, and then maybe trade away Tarion Prince. Because Josh Richardson and Tarion Prince, pretty similar players. I think Tarion Prince is a little bit better. But Josh Richardson could complete, or replace him, and the Tarion P- Prince for Bledsoe is a pretty good swap. Yeah. So I to, to me, I'd be looking to either make a two-for-one trade for a little bit higher tier point guard, or I would be looking to trade uh, one of those forwards for an Eric Bledsoe type. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, thank you, Chris, for the question. Next up is Ben. Uh, a lot of Ricky Rubio questions. Yeah, I mean, the, these guys know. These guys know. These must be listeners. They they like Ricky Rubio. We like Ricky Rubio. It's basically a Ricky Rubio fan club podcast at this point. Um, ben asking about Ricky Rubio. Basically, what are we doing with Ricky Rubio's super slow start? And we kind of mentioned a little bit already. Um, never sell low. And Ricky Rubio is probably a great buy right now. Yeah, so here's what people don't understand about Ricky Rubio, okay? So I keep hearing, oh, man, he's got this terribly slow start. Oh, God, he's horrible. Is he really, Mike? Is he really doing that horribly? Well, he's not doing very good right now, but it's week three. He's averaging seven and a half assists per game. He's averaging 2.8 rebounds. He's averaging a steal. He's averaging 1.33 pointers and 9.7 points. Okay, I can see that that's not what you drafted. So you're a little bit upset about that, but it's been six games. And he's really helping you quite a bit in assists. And he's still giving you a steal a game, which I get is not you wanted 1.7 or 1.8. But a steal a game, still not that bad. So I don't really see why people are super freaking out here. Like, yes, it's been a couple of bad games, but he's still helping you in two categories and the two categories you wanted the help in. Yeah, he's 100% a hold, in my opinion, because this is probably as bad as he's going to be and the perception of him, even though he is, you know, playing, he's getting some of those counting stats for you. Uh, the perception that he's playing bad isn't going to help your ability to trade him. So, well, and I mean, we, you got to hold on to him. We talk about this too, right? You like, just look at guys' stats. Okay, he's averaging the same amount of minutes he played last year. He's shooting thirty percent from the field. He's shot in over forty the last two years. So you got to think that that's going to bounce back. Um, he's taken more three pointers than he's ever taken, which we can talk about if that's good or bad or not. His free throws are down from what they've been in the past. I mean, he's literally never averaged the low as low of free throw numbers as he's got so far in six games. So you guys just be patient here. It's been six games. There's still 70-some to go, and, you know, you got to just wait it out. 79 left. That's right. And, you know, if, if you're in a Roto League, you have the, the – the, that's what the bench is for. Slow starts, flyers, guys who might break out later – Later, some of the guys we talked about earlier. Put him on your bench. I'll wait say till, this. Too. Wait until January. Rubio's not the type of guy I bench. And it's because he often clusters his stats. And, and by that, I mean, like, if he averages six assists a game, he doesn't often average six and then six and then six and then five and then seven. It's sometimes 13 three, or 14. And, and then, then 14. it's, yeah, and then it's four or three. Yeah. So, I, I don't like to bench, and he does the same thing with his steals. 
like you'll have like a four steel game or a five steel game. Well, you're going to want that. So um, he's not a guy I would throw on the bench really very often, but that yeah. maybe that's just me. He's a frustrating start, but you have to look at those averages and say, all right. And then there's a lot of guys out there like that where you just uh, – Nick Batum is classically a, a, a frustrating start where you're like, oh, this guy is just – he's not that good. And then you bench him, and then he has like a you know, huge game. Though I haven't seen Nick Batum have a huge game in a long time, so I think he's kind of past his prime. Uh, but what the Ben had a follow-up question, Tyler, and then, you know, this is a nice question here. Uh, what is your favorite drink and snack – while watching League Pass, Tyler, that's uh, I ha- we haven't been asked that question before. Ooh, man, it's a tough choice. Um, so should I give the the answer that people can actually eat, or no? Should I give, should I give what I actually eat? Give the right answer. So, right I, answer. so, and you can only get these in in Pennsylvania. Oh, so you guys go. are going to be really disappointed. Stuck up Pennsylvania. Um, so my snack of choice would be Middlesworth barbecue chips. They're the they're the best. Wow, that's barbecue chips out there, man. If you've I, ever come come to Pennsylvania, you got to get yourself a bag, Mike. I I'm interested. I like uh, regional chips. I always find them really interesting when you're driving somewhere, you're go, who, wherever you're going, cross country or who who knows. You stop at a, some weird gas station. There's a lot of weird people in there. <laughs> a lot of a lot of accents you never heard before. Uh, <laughs> but they always have. These incredibly unique regional chips with like weird flavors, and I'm always I always try to grab a few for the road because it's a lot of fun uh, seeing what people's chips uh, lives are like. I, I like regional <laughs> chips, so I'm gonna, I want these regional chips now. I'm interested. Um, you can order them online, I believe. I don't know if they'll ship them to Illinois, but no, I'm gonna look it up on Amazon see if they can get my Prime on that shit. Perfect. Uh, and then, what are you drinking? Um. So I, I I like a nice um actually a lot of times I'll drink Yingling, which is um it's a, another it's, East Coast stuck up proprietary dude. Okay. If you drink Samuel Adams, your life will change when you have a Yingling. I've had Yingling. I whenever I go east, <laughs> I gotta get it on draft, but it's it's made its way to Indiana, but it has not crossed the Illinois border yet. So, so that's probably my favorite alcoholic beverage. And then, um, I, I I'm not a fun guy. I don't. I I drink a lot of Mountain Dew. So if I'm having like a a non-alcoholic drink, that'd probably be it. Um. Yeah. Like, I don't do a whole lot of snacking anymore. I used to, but uh, I'm still a sucker for uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Like, those ooh, are the best. Ooh, good call. Good call yeah. on that. Yeah. Because like fan. I. I'm not going to eat a whole bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. Well, I might, but I wouldn't eat that every single week but because I snack very sparsely. The Cool Ranch Doritos hit the spot. I'm a, I'm a bowl man because, like, if I if I go bag, I eat the whole thing. So yeah, the bag's I, I got, gone. I got, a, I got a bowl. I got a bowl of the chips. Yeah, I'm not allowed to – I'm actually not allowed to buy uh, sour cream and onion Pringles. That's an addiction, and I I, I I refuse to buy them because they will be gone within five minutes. The whole thing. Mike went to uh, to uh, Chips Anonymous CA. I like and, chips. Uh... Chips are good. Chips are great. People who don't like chips are idiots. Um, and then whatever I'm drinking, I mean, it's always some beer. It's usually random. I want to shout out uh, my favorite brewery in Chicago, Mars Brewery. If you ever come to Chicago, if you're in Chicago right now, 
go check out Mars Brewery. They just had their fourth uh, year anniversary uh, a couple weekends ago. Maybe was that last weekend or two weekends ago uh, that I got to go to, and they, it was real cool. They had a lot of cool beers on tap. Shout out to the guys in the basement who were who were not taking tokens for beers and uh, got uh, me very drunk. So shout out to those guys at Mars Brewery. All right, I'm a fan. I might have to check that out. You have to. It's it's one of the best. Um, all right, thanks, Ben. Those are those are great questions. Uh, so the we're gonna do a little bit of a lightning round here. No no offense to the guys who are at the end of this mailbag. But uh, these are all uh, very specific questions about specific players or teams, and I think we can uh, just knock these out without uh, going too far into it. But you know, we, we always digress anyway, so this will probably be another hour long after this. Um, this one comes from Tom, uh, and we talked a little bit about this guy. What is Zach Collins's rest of season outlook? Um, he's never blocked shots like he's been, but if Collins can get more minutes, I like his fantasy potential. I don't think he ever takes the minutes from Nurkic. And so I think they share a lot of the minutes going forward. And your best case scenario is, you know, like 24, 25 minutes. Here's the other thing too. He's a bad three point shooter and he's taken a lot. So that's probably not going to end well. I think Um, he could be pretty good. Like I think is, is is he top 80? 28 minutes. Okay. If you're telling me he's going to get big minutes, maybe but I don't think he's going to get it. 28 minutes. Is he top 80? Is he top 80? He's, he's on the fringe of that. Okay. Gonna, okay. Um, but here's the thing. Okay. So like we look at per 36 minute numbers last year. Now he granted he didn't play a lot of minutes per 36. He averaged 0. 0.6 steals and 1.1 blocks. Now the seven rebounds were nice, but he didn't score a ton and he shot a poor three point percentage. So I don't know. I'm not in love with Zach Collins. I'll say that. Uh, I think I like him a little bit more than you do. The next questions are from uh, Kamal. What do you do about Seti Osman? Well, you own him. Uh, that's what I think you do. Yeah, top 75 player. Still sticking yeah, with that definitely. prediction I made at the beginning. Feeling good about it. Yeah, that was a great prediction. And is Danny Green must own? The answer is yes. Yes. Um, Danny Green back to what we saw a few years ago um, on the Spurs and maybe even a little better because he's going to play a few more minutes. So. Yeah, good steal and block guy. Going to hit some threes and not going to score a ton. So if you need points, maybe trade Danny Green for someone who's going to score a little more. All right, this question comes from Nico. Might be Nico Miritich. I don't know. Uh, if it is, man, hit me up. Yeah, Nico Miritich, what up? I got a Chia pet with your face and a Chia beard in my house. Dude, so if he starts growing the beard back, you got to grow your Chia pet. I'll get back on it. I grew – I really meticulously put the chia seeds on his beard, and it was a good-looking beard. I'm going to tweet out the picture of my Nico chia pet, my, my chia Nico. I look forward to it. Tweeting that out later this evening or this week. Uh, but Nico asks, um, I just got Clay Thompson, but I'm thinking about trading him for a good rotation guy and Robert Covington. Is Robert Covington and a solid rotation guy uh, a good haul for Clay Thompson? Sure. I mean, depending on what good rotation guy means, I mean, I'm not sure. Is that like a top 75 player? Is that like a top 100 well, player? Yeah, probably like let's say it's a top 80 player. So like a t- maybe some, some guy in that 75 range and Robert Covington for Clay Thompson. That might not be enough for me. 
it, it would depend on the league, I guess, too, right? Because in a 12-team league, I'd be more willing to do that than a 10-team league. I'm um, in a 10-team league. Any 10-team league I'm in, I'm always trying to consolidate assets because yeah. I think the waiver wire is always pretty rich. So I'm always trying to be the guy getting the one in the two-for-one. Um, so there's that. If it's like 12 teams or deeper, that that's fine. Um, here's the reality though. Like Robert Covington is probably a top 50, 60 player. Clay Thompson is probably like a top 30, 35 player. So I'd want a top, another top 60, 70 player probably with Robert Covington to make that deal. And if I couldn't get that, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, especially if you're in a deeper league, it starts to make more sense to to have more good players because a lot of players, uh, a lot of teams are like top heavy and they have really bad secondary players so if you can load up on a a lot of good like 30 to 60 players you do pretty well in those leagues um but yeah i think i i I bet that good rotation guy better be uh as good as it better be like yeah it better be like a a rubio or a jeff teague or someone in that nikola vucevic someone in there and not like seti osman like i I don't want robert covington and seti osman i'll keep play thompson yeah I'm with you there. Uh, last question is from from the mailbag. It's from Matt. Shout out to Matt. Um, this one's I, I like this question. I, I like these types of questions because they're very straightforward, and there's enough information for you to make a, a proper a decision. Best performance for the next thirty days in an eight cat roto league. Pick two. I like it when I don't have to figure out who's on your team. It's just here's a vacuum. Take it. Pick two out of these four guys. Campaign, Rudy Gay, Seti Osman, Kent Bazemore. Next 30 days. Eight Cat Roto. Who do you got? Um, Osman and Bazemore, not that close. Interested to hear your thoughts on campaign, though, because, I mean, you watch a lot more Bulls than I do. He's absolute um, trash. Is what he's he not is. a good basketball player. We can agree on that. I'm talking about for fantasy. Is he going to produce some stats that make him maybe worth owning in a 12-team league? In a 12-team league, I mean, he's starting, he's playing a lot. I'm still going to go with no, um, just because he is absolute a trash person. He's terrible at basketball. But he is worth streaming in a 12-team league, so he is now relevant in a standard league. So I, I got to tell you this story real quick because this will make your day. So they, they played the Mavs the other night, and I'm sure you were watching the Bulls stream, but I was watching the Mavs stream. And there was a play in there where, like, he dribbled the ball down the court and, like, immediately shot a three. And I, I believe it was Mark Followell, who's the announcer for the Mavs, was just like, oh, you'll love that shot every night. I think I think I know <laughs> that play because at the bottom of the screen is Zach Levine with his hands in the air like, what the hell are you doing? After That was after Zach Levine had just torched home, like, three or four shots in a row. And campaign just went total Kobe Bryant. And shot and follow just totally roasted him. It was the best. Well, I mean, is isn't that the game Zach or isn't that the game uh, campaign actually played well for the first time in his entire life though? He actually did get some decent points in that game. Yeah, but uh, it was just funny because obviously Zach Levine should have got the ball. He was on fire. Yeah, Zach Levine. Uh, r- let's real quick talk about the uh, possible uh, scoring title. Uh, for this year holder Zach Levine, uh, twenty first off twenty eight points per game. Uh, you're really gonna have to do some catch up to win that bet, Tyler, because I don't think Zach Levine's given up that scoring title. 
uh, no, for, okay. the Bull, for the Bulls, so let alone for the league. That. Does that make him a top 50 player? Does it? Does scoring 28 points a night make Zach Levine a top 50 player? Yes. But just barely, right? Because he doesn't do anything else, man. Nothing. But yeah, but not by a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I, I like I I hear some people hyping him, like, oh, should I should I get him? You know, should what should I do with him? I'm like, dude, no, tra- no, no, trade this guy away because I don't think he's gonna average 28 points. I don't think he's even gonna average 25 points a game. Personally, that's just me. And he doesn't do anything else for fantasy, like anything at all. He gets you a few rebounds and a few assists, but not enough. No steals, no blocks, some okay three pointers, some usually relatively bad percentages. See you, Zach Levine. And if yeah, you're on so my team, I'm gonna I'm gonna bin you for somebody. Definitely, definitely sell high. Oh, campaign went off in the Charlotte game for 21 points and seven three pointers. I thought I had uh, had a stroke, and I had woken up from that stroke because Cameron Payne was making seven three pointers in a game. <laughs> And I was like, this can't be reality. I must have stroked out, and I must be in the hospital right now. This can't be real. Um, I, I get such a kick out of some of these like one-off performances and how crazy people go for them. Everybody goes uh, far too crazy for them. Uh, who, is there a worse 25-point uh, scorer than Zach Levine? I think there's a, there is an answer to this, and I think there is one guy. Like the one one averaging twenty five, or just a guy who can score twenty five? Because guy I, guy who can a- average close to twenty five points per game. Is there anyone worse than him for fantasy or in real life basketball? For, for fantasy, not real life basketball. That's a whole long conversation that I don't want to have. Okay, who you got? Let's hear it. Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You you won this war. Just saying, that's how bad uh, Zach Levine actually is. So, guys, sell high on both Tim Hardaway Jr. Not to give away the, uh, I guess we talked about both of those guys uh, last week on our sell high episodes. So we will be doing buy low, sell high, and uh, wave wire stuff. Uh, the rest uh, for the rest of the week, you'll be hearing that stuff. And we're going to try to keep uh, the cadence of those shows every single week. So you guys are prepared for the week and then you get to hear our opinion on the stuff that you actually want to hear. And so uh, we really appreciate the feedback out there. There's been a lot of good feedback and we appreciate everybody who wrote in for, to the mailbag. Shout out to you. Shout out to our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me at Tyler P. Watts. And I'll say this too. If you guys want more mailbag episodes, we'd love to hear the feedback on that too because the mailbag is one of those things that we're, we're kind of on the fence of at this point, um, maybe adding it in a little more. But if you guys want it, you know, if, if there's listener demand, we might do a little bit more mailbag. We might even add in a couple questions at the end of every show if, if we get enough. So, Yeah, um, we could do a mailbag segment. We could do a, a monthly mailbag podcast or maybe it's every two weeks. Uh, it's up to you guys, and that's where we are relying on your feedback. So hit Tyler up at Tyler P. Watts or hit me up at Watch the Boxes um, or even hit up uh, Hashtag Basketball at Hash – is it Hash Basketball? It is at Hash, hash Basketball. At hash Basketball. Hey, I know our sponsor's Twitter. Uh, thank goodness. And so hit any of those up and, and demand more mailboxes if that is what you want to hear. Uh, but that is it. 
for tonight, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate you. Have a good one.